the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections, brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where diversity and opportunity are one. From education to employment, entrepreneurship to innovation, this program is your weekly connection to the latest trends and opportunities taking place all across Silicon Valley. Host Carl Davis Jr. talks to the rock stars of Silicon Valley and offers you engaging interviews and insights from local, regional, and internationally acclaimed business leaders, entrepreneurs, and community leaders to help you stay connected. Now, here's your host, Carl Davis Jr. Hi, I'm Carl Davis Jr., and welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections. I'm your host, but I'm also the president of the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where we help all small businesses start, finance, grow, and even exit their businesses. Our offices are located at 25 North 14th Street, downtown San Jose. Or you can reach us via the web at blackchamber.com. Oh, my voice almost went out on me there. I'm so excited about our guest, Tawanda Yancey. Tawanda is going to be one of our recipients of this year's award at the Blacks in Business, Blacks in Technology Award Ceremony. Tawanda, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Carl. How are you? Well, I'm, I'm so excited to have you on. You know, we usually don't have that many, you know, really uh, wonderful women who've invented some things and have some patents. <laughs> you know, that's not normal. And so we definitely want to dive in that. But before we get into that, though, Tawanda, I believe our uh-huh. listeners want to know a little bit about you. So why don't you give us like a little bit about who you are and tell us what people should know about Tawanda Yancey. Okay, well, um, I guess what I can start off with is saying that um, as a child, I was always interested in science, always interested in how things worked, um, what happens when you mix A with B. Um, (laughs) And you didn't blow anything up, right? (laughs) No, I didn't blow anything up. I think my parents were really thankful about that because, you know, there are some things you just don't mix. And I never got my hands on those, so we were pretty safe. But um, was the only child, was always very inquisitive, always loved space, science, and technology. And as I grew up, I went to different types of camps for um, summer science programs and got more and more into the sciences, um, built my um, pre-college curriculum on um, science and technology type of curriculum. And then I ended up getting accepted into three schools, um, one was Emory University in Atlanta. The other was the other one was the University of Maryland, and then the other one was Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. And um, Georgia Tech was sponsoring or holding a um, minority introduction to engineering program for a week at the campus, and mm-hmm. um, I got accepted into that program. And they basically took the time to take all of the minority students that were in the program through the campus that introduced us to all of the different curricula 
um, all of the different um, engineering programs and those sorts of things and Mm -hmm. um, let us know about different support systems for minority students and just even took us to Six Flags and um, (laughs) as a result of that week and just them introducing me to the engineering field and the school, that's when I decided to um, pursue a degree in chemical engineering at Georgia Tech. Wow. So I did get accepted to Georgia Tech. I went there. Um, about a week or two after I graduated from high school, I was so ready to start college that I went and started during the summer semester or the summer quarter at uh, Georgia Tech, started the chemical engineering program, also put my school, put myself through school um, through the co-op program, and that's where I started to touch on to the beginnings of a career in the, the consumer products industry. Um, I did a lot of work at Procter & Gamble um, when I was in college, and that's how I put myself through school, a combination of that and scholarships and grants. And um, as a result of that, I built a pretty good, strong foundation of work, had an understanding of what what it meant to work, what it meant to be professional, go to meetings and mm-hmm. present and things of that nature. And um, I graduated um, with the co-op designation um, after completing eight co-op quarters at the Procter & Gamble company. And I worked on different products ranging from soft drinks to coffee to fabric softener sheets. And some of those initial projects um, are actually, some of the concepts are actually on the store shelves now uh, with just the, the work that I did as a college student. And then after I graduated from college, I was in the pharmaceutical industry for a few years. Um, and then I moved back into the consumer products industry um, where I started to work at Clorox. And that's where I did a lot of the contributions to technology um, there. On the personal side, um, I have husband. I've been married um, for 28 years. Wow. And, yeah, 28 years. And people are really, like, so surprised because, you know, a lot of people, they, they don't stay married long, they mm-hmm. say. Yeah. And um, so... Um, and you have that, kids. You have kids too, right? Yes, I do have children. Um, mm-hmm. I have a twenty-year twenty-year-old um, who is a junior at Oral, Oral Roberts University, and she's studying to um, get her bachelor's in psychology, and she's going to have a minor in worship arts, mm. and she's looking to go into grad school once she gets her bachelor's degree. And then I have a 17-year-old daughter who is going to be graduating from high school a year early. Mm. Um, she's going to be slated to graduate on May the 23rd, and so we're really proud of her. And wow. she's looking to go into marketing and um, also nutrition, become a nutritionist, um, food science, you know, type of a, a major. And then I have a 10-year-old son who looks to be a budding engineer. He likes to build things. So he's into the Legos and (laughs) building things and, and, you know, there's Legos all over the place and he's building his little things. And, you know, I have to remind him, Brian, you you can't have this stuff on the floor. It could hurt someone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I think I'm getting ready to get a chance to meet your daughters, right? Because they're coming out to Blacks in Business, Blacks in Technology Award Ceremony, right? Yes. Yes. The family is coming out. They want to go ahead and celebrate, um, with mom, and then it kind of gives 
my husband and I an opportunity to, you know, kind of go back to our old mm-hmm. stomping grounds in the um, San Francisco <laughs> Bay Area. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about your husband, because I saw where he's done some pretty significant. Yes, he's, he's done some pretty significant things in business. Um, he, what he is, is he, he is a overall, he's a marketplace um, pastor. Mm-hmm. He is a consultant. And what he does is he goes in and he has a unique ability to look into an organization and see where the holes and the gaps are and then develop a program um, and help the, the company implement the program to get things turned around, whether it's with the leadership, doing leadership training, um, organizational development, um, whatever the, the angst is within the organization um, because of the business experience he has. And also um, on the nonprofit side, um, he's been a, a pastor at a mega church as well. So he can kind of bring both ends or both pieces together, you know, to bring a solution to whether um, the company is either a nonprofit or if they're a business um, for profit um, entity, he can bring things to the table. Um, what's your, what's your husband's with, What's your husband's name? Um, his name is um, Vincent P. Y. Yancey. And the PY stands for Pastor Yancey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that man. What a powerful, yeah. what a powerful combination! Uh, and, and no wonder the kids are are doing so well. You guys seem like you you, you cover a lot. Him with his skills of organizing, you mm-hmm. with what you've done scientifically, and the kids are picking that stuff up. I I know some of the people who may listen to our show, especially young black women. You know, when you were talking about going to those summer camps and learning not only the science side of it, but also how to present. Because at the end of the day, there's the technical skill that you have to have, but then there's that soft skill you have to have on how to deal with people, how to approach Mm -hmm. people, how to present. So is there anything you want to share with that you feel that a young African-American young lady listening to this show can pick up and help further their career? Well, one of the main things that that I would, a couple things actually, um, this goes back to when I was a kid and I was taking IQ tests to get into different types of summer programs and that sort of thing. And one of the tests that I took, I scored off the charts verbally. And my math, I mean, my math was okay, but it wasn't as high as the um, language arts piece of it or the verbal piece. And the person who administered the test said, hey, you know, your verbal skills are so high, they're even higher than your math, you should be a lawyer, you should do something like that. Don't worry about going into a career in science. Mm -hmm. And I didn't listen to them. And as a result of my not listening to them, I was able to make all of these contributions that people are, you know, they have the stuff sitting in their garage or they've sprayed it on their car (laughs) or they've used it to, you know, cook at a family reunion and that sort of thing. So all I have to say, Carl, is is a rhetorical question. What if I hadn't listened to that person? Yeah. Yeah. And you have to get into the mindset of if you have something that's really mm-hmm. in, you, in you, you know it's something that you like to do, mm-hmm. um, you're going to do your best when you're doing what you love. Mm. And you have to make the decision, am I going to make make my decision based upon what other people say I can do? Or am I going to believe enough in myself and believe enough in, in God helping me to be able to give me what I need so I can do what I love to do? 
You know, that is, uh, that is such a key point. That's what I would tell anyone. Yeah, man, that's such a key point because uh, what you're driving home is uh, you have to watch who you are understudied to, or you have to watch who is, who's a mentor to you, or you have to watch right. who speaks into your life. So you have to filter that mm-hmm. because there have been plenty stories, and we had a, a gentleman on the show one time that they told him he would not be an engineer. Don't even think about it. So he went into music and he went to theater and arts. And then later on, he came back around and now he's one of the greatest engineers, the Silicon Valley's guy. You, you know, some, right. some of these people are speaking in schools to us are not speaking the right things to some of these young people. So I'm really That's glad true. you said that. We want to drive that home. You know, we got about 30 seconds and then we're going to go into the second half because I want folks who are listening to the show to hear about some of your inventions and the patents that you have. And it's it's such a wonderful story that we're just blessed to have you. And we're going to honor you. So they will know that we're going to honor you Saturday night, May uh-huh. 5th, at Blacks in Business, Blacks in Technology. Let's, let's keep it right there. We'll be back. You're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections. This is Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr. Brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com, or call 408-288-8806. Now, back to Silicon Valley Business Connections. Uh, We're back. You're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections. And our guest for today is Miss Tawanda Yancey. And Tawanda is going to be the recipient of this year's Uh, Silicon Valley in honor of Roy Clay Sr. Excellence in Technology Award. And this award we we named in uh, in honor of Roy Clay Sr. Because a lot of people don't know that Roy Clay Sr. played such a significant part in helping Silicon Valley become Silicon Valley. That's another story in itself. Somebody would have to kind of uh, look this up. But he was one of the first people that worked for Bill Hewlett and Dave Packard. And he actually ran their first computer division and helped them get into the computer business. So he's really responsible for what people call Silicon Valley when you think of HP. And Tawanda's done some fantastic and magnificent things that we're going to talk about. Some of those things are, I mean, I always smile when I think about it because I think about barbecuing. I think about armor all and we'll get into that. Uh, but you had mentioned something earlier about your husband and what he did and, and the things that he do. You know, being a Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce president, helping small businesses succeed is very important to us. And and you you sort of convinced me Tawanda, that your husband does that, and he could possibly even help some of the companies out here. Is that true? That's exactly right. That's very true. Well, tell us a little bit about how he could do that, and and then we'll, you know, we may have to have another show with him on it. But give us a short little bit mm-hmm. about what you think he could do to help some okay. of the companies out here in Silicon Valley. Well, I think a lot of the things that um, what he can really help with is making sure that the company is actually um, doing what their vision is and what their culture should be and being successful in it. You know, sometimes companies or even sometimes ministries or nonprofit entities, they have in mind when they first start, this is what I'm going to do, this is what my segment is going to be, this is who I'm going to serve and target. But then over time, they get angst 
about mm. how well they're doing versus yeah. others, and then they try to compete or try to make their company have a product and a look and a feel like someone else that looks to be successful. Yeah. And so he has the unique ability to be able to take people back to what their first vision should be, what their first mission is, and then from there, Bill, you know, from there, um, he's very good at identifying untapped marketplaces for a product a company is using or a service that a company is providing. And so just that's the long and the short of one of just many things that he's able to do, whether it's team building, building your leadership, looking at succession planning, um, you know, looking at even how you interact with your customers on social media, mm-hmm. what your website should look like. Um, he has a lot of things that he can offer. Man, he sounds like he's got a lot of skills. Well, we love to talk to him because that's exactly what we like to do. We want to help all of our small businesses grow, become more profitable, and actually, you know, hire folks. Uh, you know, that's a wonderful way for us to be able to reduce the unemployment rate within our own community by building your business up and hiring people yourself. So right. when you were hired by, go ahead, what were you going to say? I'm sorry, when you were mentioning about the community, um, mm-hmm. one of the most noteworthy projects that he was involved in was when he was the uh, first African-American general manager of a water park mm. in Dallas, Texas. Now, water parks are usually out in the suburbs. You know, you've got your stay-at-home moms, and they're taking the kids out in the summertime you know, for a midday swim at a water park and water slides and that sort of thing. Well, what was unique about what my husband was involved in is that this water park um, that he was a general manager of was built and operated in a traditionally um, African-American urban community in um, Oak Cliff, which is, is African-American, you know, minority-based community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he got there... Um, he helped market, he helped convince the city of Dallas to turn the seven acres of park space that was being unused um, into a water park. And the name of the park, um, or the seven acres, was located at Thurgood Marshall Park. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of significant that mm-hmm. the first African-American or first urban water park was built on the grounds of Thurgood Marshall Water Park. Mm-hmm. And he went out into the community and did career fairs and hired students in the community and um, taught them how they needed to dress, how they needed to keep the park clean, how they needed to be safe. Um, and it ended up being a tremendous blessing to the community, and it still is. It's still in operation now, and it's just one of those um, types of communities where or projects where you're thinking, oh, it would never work here, but mm-hmm. because of the unique skill set that he brought to the table, it was very successful and is still um, making um, making memories for families even to this day. Wow, man, what a story. Well, we're definitely going to talk to you later about possibly talking to him, but I want to dive into your career yes. at Clorox because sure. as a scientist and engineer, I know you did some pretty significant things there. You want to share a couple of things that you did at Clorox sure. when you were here? Sure. Um, one of the projects that I worked on uh, was in response to um, the air quality um, agencies down in Southern California saying, hey, you know, the air quality is really bad um, down here, and it's because of all of these barbecue grills that are going on all over the place. What? They were trying to stop barbecue grilling? 
No. They were trying to stop barbecue grilling. They were saying that the chemicals that were coming off of the grills were wow. interacting with other elements and making smog. And it was kind of funny because when they gave me the project and they said, Tawana, we got to do this because a high percentage of our business for charcoal grilling is in Southern California and we can't be shut down. Wow. It's going to shut down a huge chunk of the business. Well, I would go down there, Carl, every week and test my formulas out. And I'm driving from the airport to the laboratory. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing all of these cars with one person in them driving um, from the suburbs into the into L.A. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, this is what's causing your smog. <laughs> it's not barbecue grills. It's the fact that you overbuilt L.A., you never probably thought it was going to amount to anything, and you never thought it was going to be a place people want to live and work and that sort of thing, and now you've got all these people, Mm -hmm. and you've built all these houses and buildings and apartments and et cetera, and you have no place to put a rapid transit system. Mm -hmm. There's no train system. Mm -hmm. There's no way to connect things like BART, you Mm -hmm. know, to different parts of the the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. They don't have that in in L.A., so... um, even though that is the case and we knew it, I still had to go in and develop the formula. And I developed the formula. And one interesting story about that, you know, when you think about hidden figures and you think about, yes. you know, people not, you know, grasping that an African-American can do science. Um, before I started going to the laboratory, I would call down to the lab and I would talk to the people. And so I'm talking and I'm articulate and I'm talking very slow and and distinctly, you know, because mm-hmm. I know that um, at that time, you know, of course, you know, sometimes you have to deal with people having a bias about mm-hmm. an African-American and are they competent, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So long story short, now it's time for me to go down to the laboratory. So I show up at the laboratory and I introduce myself and you could have hit, heard a pin drop <laughs> because they were like, oh, she's she's black. Right. American. She's black I, and she's a woman. <laughs> right. And she's a woman. And, and these guys, they were from California. And the guy who led the lab, he was from Boston. So you're thinking that these are forward-thinking people, progressive-thinking people. But they, yeah. the, it was just a disconnect. Yeah. And then by the end of the day, it was okay. It wasn't horrible. But you just seeing the surprise in their face, oh, my gosh, she's black, you know, she's doing all this work. And long story short, uh, developed great relationships with them. I was there with them for um, quite some time, several months, going there once a week with my formulas. And we finally, we did crack the code. Mm. And we were the first to actually um, produce the product and meet the certification and so all the other companies that were scrambling down there to get their formulas done, all they had to do was go out on the store shelf, pick up a can of the product that I had reformulated, do a couple of tests on it, and then they could go talk to Shell Oil or mm-hmm. Phillips Petroleum or whoever and say, this is what we need for our product. Wow. And, so you, get, and you guys got a patent from that, right? No, because it, it was... It, it was called like prior knowledge. Oh, okay. Um, it's mm-hmm. a product that's kind of already out there, mm-hmm. and so if it's out there, you can't get a patent on it. Okay. But the product that I did get a patent on was the cable cat because that was not on the oh, market. Oh, so I want to pause for a second on that. We got two minutes, but we want to spend some time on this. You yeah. got a patent on the K that's on the brisket for Kingsford barbecue briskets. Right, yes. I have a, a, it's called a design patent because it's a design, it's a stamp. 
So that's different from a chemical patent. It's, that's another type of a patent. I do have one of those as well for a briquette formula. But that in it itself was we wanted to put a K on a briquette. Mm-hmm. I had to develop the equipment and the process to be able to stamp a K on a briquette. It's not as easy as, <laughs> as you would think. But we were able to do that. Wow. Um, again, went into another you know location where there's not a lot of African-Americans working in a plant. Um, in Kentucky, you know, two hours away from Louisville. And so it was like, okay, I'm here, I'm African-American, and they kind of watched me. And once they figured out that I knew what I was doing, you know, it was okay. You know, but still that curiosity, oh, she's black, how she's going to do this. But we've got it, and it's on the store shelves in the United States and in Canada, and anywhere that kinks were sold, that briquette with a K is in every bag. Can people believe that? We want our listeners to know, when you get ready to grill, and you put your barbecue in your griller, and you see the K there, and you throw your lighter fluid on it, and you fire it up, and not only does it does your hamburgers and hot dogs, you can put some briskets in there, bad fella. Tawanda yes. Yancey was a part of making that happen. So we want our exactly folks right. to know we want our folks to know that we're honoring someone Saturday, May fifth, at the Blacks in Business, Blacks in Technology Award ceremony, to where we not only want our people to be want Tawanda to be recognized, we want to honor her and we want to award her for what she's done, and we want her story to be a story that other young African American females can listen to and become scientists and inventors, too. Is there any parting remarks you want to share, Tawanda? Oh, the main parting remark that I have is I I want people out there to understand that um, you should always stand firm with your dreams. Mm. If something's been put in you, an ability or a a desire or something, you know, go and find whatever support you need to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. For parents who have children, if your child is exhibiting a leaning or a creativity towards something, whether it's cooking, whether it's building, whether it's me mixing something up and seeing what happens, nurture that. You know, Amen. everybody wants to talk about the fact that the, your kids' kids are going to dogs. They don't know. Amen. Well, we have to wrap it up. We got to wrap it up now, Tawana. So we're going to have to invite you back on because I know there's more in you. We want to keep it yeah, right there. Definitely. If you want to connect with her, connect with her on LinkedIn, or you can go to blackchamber.com and look on the radio show. You're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connection. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr. and brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com. That's blackchamber.com. Or call 408-288-8806. That's 408-288-8806. Copies of our podcast are available online at blackchamber.com. If you would like to know more about a specific guest or make recommendations for upcoming guests and topics, email info at blackchamber.com. Keeping you connected. Silicon Valley Business Connections. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.